I would just like to say thank you to all of our veterans who have protected and served our country um, and given us opportunity to do like what you and I are doing right now. Right on. So, um, but we are getting started for anybody uh, who is listening. Uh, This is, my name is Justin Dietrich. I am a high school woodshop teacher in central Illinois. Um, And with me is Tracy Chervant. Hello. Would you like to give an introduction to what you do? Sure. My name is Tracy Chevron, and I i guess I'm a professional woodworker. It feels strange to <laughs> consider that the case. Um, Katrina Nellis, my girlfriend, she's here with me, and she does this same type of work. We're kind of a real eclectic. We do mostly carving, and... Uh, as time goes by, we do more more teaching than actually making and selling our work. Um, how long? It's been maybe five years since I've had a day job, and that was a uh, I was a laboratory technician in a biology research lab, and so my you know background is that I have a degree in biochemistry and was a lab tech before doing this and Katrina do you want to tell oh I get to did? talk too this is exciting <laughs> there we go <laughs> uh I was a high school math teacher before joining this enterprise about two years ago yes I was finally able to quit my job two years ago so that's what we do and we're just barely hanging in there as <laughs> we go along yeah we're just winging it every day and making it up as we go I think that's all anybody is doing, no matter what they say. And I will say it is good advice to not quit your day job. <laughs> and I did it totally wrong. I And I, I didn't plan on not going back to my A-Lab job of some kind, but I got my house paid off and the, the job, the environment where I was wasn't great and seemed to be getting worse. So I, I had enough money saved up. I thought I would take a year off and... As it turned out, I just I haven't had to go back because apparently I I don't mind being poor. But uh, <laughs> what I know is that having that time completely away from you know workaday responsibilities, I really think that's what allowed me to to totally dive in and kind of develop my you know my skill set at woodworking at sort of an accelerated rate. Um, so that's the the trade-off, you know, <laughs> don't yeah. quit your day job if you, if you have bills. Also, you know, I had, I had no debts or major responsibilities anymore. Yeah. So, um, you know, my vehicles are old and paid off that kind of thing. So you know, we're just, we're just making it up every day as we go along. Right. I mean, I, and now that I've gotten to know you guys as well as I have, like, I think that so much of it too, like you guys are so humble in what you do. You know, you're so um, very open, you're open-minded, you're humble, um, you are not set in your ways to the point of, well, this is the only way that this can be done or that this thing can happen. And, you know, for what, you know, it, you guys, I think you guys are as hard on yourselves as as anybody. And, you know, like you say, like, well, I don't mind being poor or, you know, 
that you did it the wrong way. But at the same time, uh, you've given yourself freedom, though. And, you know, and I, I think that probably as we get, it, you know, providing that we can keep this up and get into this podcast. And I think you and I, you know, like with our conversations that we have all the time, um, I think that we're going to cover a lot of good topics and get into a lot of good conversation. And, you know, the idea and I think it's kind of what's led us to this podcast a little bit is that the idea of consumerism, you know, and being able mm-hmm. to create, you know, you guys have created a freedom to yourselves, you know, and I, that's, yeah, that, that has major trade-offs, but yeah, that's a good point. So, you know, like you said, you know, yes, are you, you know, are you guys um, going to be buying a 4,000 square foot house or are you guys going to be driving $80,000 pickup trucks? Well, no, but, but, you know, but the other side of that is I know people like that and they don't have freedom. You know, they don't. That's right. That's what I mean by those. Mm -hmm. And so, and, uh, and I've just really enjoyed getting to know you guys because I just, well, thanks had the complete and utmost respect for it. And like you said, Tracy, you've, you know, you, I think you did things the right way. You know, you got your responsibilities taken care of and you got things paid off. And now you have this ability to go, you know, chase the craft, pursue the craft. And that's that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I'll uh, introduce myself real quick. I am a, like I said earlier, I'm a high school woodshop teacher, and I actually teach in Lincoln, Illinois. Um, It's a good-sized school. Uh, We are about 800-some students, and um, it's kind of an interesting mix of students. You have a little bit of everything. Um, There is a a mix of kind of rural and urban a little bit. I mean, the town of Lincoln is about, I think they say it's like 14 to 15,000. I actually live about 30 miles north of there in a, in a very rural area, uh, one or two school districts north. And, you know, we are pretty rural where we're at. Um, my closest neighbors are, you know, a half mile down the road. And but I got into I grew up in construction, um, building houses with my dad. I, you know, I I remember being on job sites when I was, you know, six, seven, eight years old. Uh, mostly at that time I was playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and smashing them with dirt clods and stuff like that with my brother. Um, but naturally as you, when you kind of grow up on a job site, you know, uh, you eventually get to an age where, you know, dad's like, Hey, grab a broom, you know, grab a tape measure here, uh, make, you know, mark, mark this OSB out on 16 inch centers and, you know, and slowly you kind of get pulled into it a little bit. Did you pretty much have your summers filled up with that kind of stuff growing up? Like you Uh, just, it was understood you're just going to be helping dad a lot of the time in the summers? Well, I will say this. um, I remember at a young age, like, you know, when we were, you know, six to 10, you know, I remember being pulled around to job sites, but it was more out of like necessity and not having a babysitter or something like that, you know, so it would be. Hey, we'll take, you know, I'm going to take your bike. I'm going to throw your bike in the back of the truck and you can ride around. And it was always nice because we grew up on a gravel road. 
And so, you know, we get into Bloomington, you know, we're really big town and have nice paved streets and I could do jumps off curbs and stuff like that. (laughs) So it was like awesome. Um, So that was kind of up until then. And then, like I said, you know, once I got a little bit older, uh, I won't say that there was a requirement. Um, I was never pushed into it. But it was like, hey, you know, I need help with this or I need help with that. And so you kind of slowly start to get pulled into it a little bit. And um, I remember growing up, uh, you know, probably when I was 12, 13, 14 years old, dad started showing me he'd lay out a wall and then he'd show me how to stock a wall with studs and how to crown a stud. You know, so I kind of it just slowly, naturally happened over a few years until eventually I was got to the point in my late teens when um, I was framing up a wall by myself or, you know, taking a layout, you know, cutting headers and building all that type of stuff. And so I grew up around, you know, learning probably the most important thing was learning how to use power tools, uh, being around on a job site, you know, understanding the expectation on a job site of, um, you know, work hard and, you know, guys show up every day and they work hard. And so, you know, those are probably the most important things. Um, when I, when I look back at the guys that worked for my dad at that time, I have a lot of respect for them because they were hard nosed blue collar dudes. And, you know, they, they were feeding their families and doing what they could you know, and looking back, you know, I didn't really know it at the time, but man, none of those people really had much money, you know, including us. But, you know, you, when you're young, you don't get that, you know, you don't see that you're just, mm-hmm. you, you learn the work ethic. And I by no means am saying that, that, you know, I'm perfect or anything like that. But I just, you know, I, remember that thing that type of stuff being ingrained in me at a at a young age you know and it was more about the work ethic than it was the specific work so but uh so eventually yeah so I grew up on a job site and eventually uh graduated high school went to college um got my teaching degree and I was originally an ag teacher Uh, I taught ag for two years and um, I enjoyed I grew up on a farm, you know, so the whole time I'm learning how to build houses where we're raising hogs and where we have horses and we're around cows and stuff like that, going to shows and fairs. And uh, my grandpa farmed. So I was in a tractor and I was in combines growing up. Um, but when I graduated college, I graduated with an ag teaching degree and I enjoyed it. I always enjoyed teaching the agricultural stuff in classroom, but there were some things that comes with being an ag teacher that I I didn't really like. And as you guys know, I like coaching. I'm, I'm a wrestling coach. And Mm -hmm. a lot of that time started rubbing time with coaching. And, you know, it kind of got to the point where I was 25 years old and I was like, well, I don't see how this is going to work. Like something has to give here eventually, you know, at least then I was, I was single, but I knew that if I wanted to have a family and if I wanted to get to those other things in life, that something was probably going to have to give. Well, right about that same time, um, the, I was friends with the building trades teacher in Lincoln and he was an older guy um, and he was retiring 
And so he called me and he's like, Hey, he goes, you need to come down here and interview. He goes, they're not going to find anybody to come down here and take this job because they're, you know, cause it's a pretty special niche. Um, mm-hmm. you have like, if you go, if you go look for a teacher, well, you have to find a teacher that knows how to build a house. You know, it's not just like being able to stumble your way through small projects. Like you have to, and you have to yeah, build. something I, we should mention is you also, well, when did you start doing major kind of like uh, building and renovation projects um, kind of on, yeah, on your own, not just on a crew, but yeah. kind of leading I the remember, charge on those. Yeah. I remember doing, I think I was 20 or 21 and I remember doing a pretty good sized deck um, about five miles away from where I grew up for, for a, someone that we knew and that was a big job that was i mean because we were i used uh right at that time composite decking was coming out and mm-hmm. trex uh was kind of like the big mm-hmm. name at that time um which to be honest with you i'm not a real big fan of composite stuff but but at that time uh so I, it was a, a trex deck and it was it was fairly big if i remember correctly it was like a 1200 square foot deck it was big and i was bullheaded and i was like i'm gonna do it all by myself i'm not gonna hire anybody i'm gonna do it all by myself and i did it but it took me way too long um i got it done i mean it still even to this day looks good that was that would have been back in like oh three when i did it so 15 16 years later um i you know i still drive by it um but you know i learned like I started learning, like, stop being so bullheaded, you know, like get, you know, do things right to get, you know, the right people in to help you do the right job. And so, um, but like I said, as I, so I can't, you know, by my early twenties, I was doing, starting to do some bigger jobs. And then from there I got another porch and another deck. And then I started to, Oh, Hey, can you do this room addition? And, um, that type of stuff. Um, to, until eventually, you know, I've built I've built uh, a 3,200 square foot house like over my summers, and uh, I've kind of backed off on that lately just because of the boys. You know, they're with them being young. I mean, I can do it, but it's like you're gonna have to spend all of my waking time away from them in the summer, which is literally one of the huge advantages of being a teacher. You know, so it was kind of right. like I was. I was taking a benefit away from myself a little bit. So I'm not saying that I've stopped doing that stuff, but I've tried to scale back from it. Um, but then, so from, from, so I taught for two years in agriculture and then I was a building trades teacher for 10 years and we did a lot of cool projects. We would build a house every year and then sell it at the end of every year. They were normally like a 1,500 square foot ranch on a crawl space, you know, nothing wild and crazy, but something we could manage in about nine months time of a school year. And uh, we did the Humane Society, the Logan County Humane Society one year. That was that was probably my favorite year. We worked with Habitat for Humanity um, a couple of those years. They were good projects. And then uh, I'm in my second year as the woodshop teacher down there. Um, so the guy that was our woodshop teacher left to go pursue other careers for himself and that opened up that position. And so they basically slid me from the building trades teacher into woodshop. So I'm curious how much of the, the curriculum in woodshop is kind of digital based, either um, just using CAD type 
software or, you know, going up to doing, you know, 3D routing projects, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, there's, I'm still trying to like settle in on a little bit more of a streamlined curriculum that we have at the school. We are, you, we, I did a year ago, I bought a Shapeoko CNC machine that Mm -hmm. we use in the shop. Yeah. And we really, what I'm, I, I kind of teach that in my drafting class. I spent my drafting classes of one semester class and I spend the first nine weeks doing paper pencil where we, you know, I try and focus on the basics and basic concepts to drafting isometric views, multi views. And then from there, the second half, we go into the carbide 3D software, which is what the Shape Oco runs off of. And so that's a really good basic way to just teach drafting. Um, like for drafting students, and I tell them this, if you guys enjoy this, you really need to continue to pursue it because this, like what I'm teaching you, it's not going to be enough to get you like, oh, well, now I know how to do all of this. This is like you're dipping your toe in the water with this. So I use that to try and just kind of like create the inspiration for them to do that. Um, My other hope is that then they'll stay, they'll come back into advanced woods and then they can use that machine whenever they want in advanced on their projects. So if I can teach them the basics and drafting and then I can get them back into advanced and they can take it a step further from there. And then they might decide that, Hey, I, I really like working with the CNC stuff. I like drafting. I, you know, or either like we, I show them videos on 3D printing and lasers and all that other stuff that, you know, you can really take it to the next step after high school here. That's cool stuff. I always, that's my biggest, like either fear or uh, the last area that I gravitate to is anything that, you know, requires a, computer interface <laughs> to, to design or or build something and not that i people sometimes make the assumption that there's a disapproval or something you know because pe- a lot of times people are in camps of either hand working or or power tools and uh, there's just so many cool things to do i feel like I, I could never branch out into all of that and i was just curious how much first of all, exposure, your, the kids in your classes are getting, and also like how, how much they're latching onto that stuff. It just, in personally, you know, no, none of that was obviously available when I was a kid. I took just had half a semester of shop class in seventh grade and it was horrible. Like <laughs> I hated woodworking. There was, I, I mean, it was just, you know, flat straight lines everywhere. Right. I mean, you know, big scary machines and, yeah, the te- yeah, the teacher wasn't a very personable guy either, but um, I seeing video snippets of you and your classes is a totally different, totally different environment from mm-hmm. what my experience was. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I also think um, people are getting better at the idea that that there isn't one single way to do everything and that we have to be open to you know, trying new things, um, bringing in this technology. Like if I were to just get up in front of my class and say like CNC machines are bad, you know, these robots, they're going to take your jobs. They're taking away woodworking, blah, blah, blah. If you go against that, you're going to, you're going to get taken over. 
you know, like it's, you kind of have to, I don't want to use the word necessarily embrace for those people that are against Mm -hmm. it, but you have to accept it and you have to realize like, this is something that I can use to, Mm -hmm. to further my abilities instead of, um, you know, instead of just completely say, well, no, this can't be done this way because that's not true either. And so at least with students, my, I guess my overall encompassing idea as a shop teacher is I want to try and introduce you to a lot of different opportunities that are out there in woodworking, both with um, hand carving and using draw knives and spoke shaves, uh, using CNC machines, uh, turning on a lathe, building cabinets, whatever those things are. And then from there, let them kind of gravitate towards what Mm -hmm. they like. Like I have an advanced student. He loves jumping on the lathe and that's, and pretty much he wants to do all of his four projects this semester on the lathe. And I'm fine with that. You know, I mean, I'm, I do encourage him to kind of change it up, not just sit there and turn four bowls that look the exact same, but (laughs) you know, like change things up a little bit, but I'm not going to sit up here and tell a kid, no, you can't, no, you can't do that because then I feel like you're getting a little bit back into what you were talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. um, when you were younger, you know, not, not being comfortable with everything, being told what to do. And that's not really what we're here for. So, yeah. And every, in my shop class, you know, every single student had to build the exact same project out of the exact same type of wood. (laughs) And you were graded on how close to, the shop teacher's example you've got, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And, and I could do that. It would make my job easier. Actually, it would make my job (laughs) a lot easier. It would. Um, My intro classes, we, we do four projects and they're told, you know, we're going to do a box. You're going to do a picture frame. You're going to do a bowl. You're going to do a cutting board an ingrain cutting board. Um, but I give them freedom within those things, you know, and I let yeah. them try a different size. You know, I kind of give them a range of a size of what they need to do. You know, uh, like on the box, I want them to do some specific joinery or, you know, the way that we're going to glue this up or do this. But after that, I let them kind of have some freedom and because I want them to kind of get out there and try and get into some different stuff. Yeah, certain basic parameters you have to meet, but some some leeway mm-hmm. in there. That's and, good. And I learned, and, and this is for anybody that's just getting started into woodworking or anything. I learned on my first year, you need some parameters because a, a person who has no idea, you know, what they're getting into or what tools or what, or, you know, what process they need to go through, what tools they need to use in what order. If you don't give them that, like you need to take out some guesswork you need to give them some direction. And so that is important, but, but yeah, that, but I'm trying to build them up to the idea that by the time they get into advanced with me, they have a pretty good round basic knowledge of the shop and they know what they want to do and where they want to pursue things. Yeah. So, yeah. What, uh, so another question I thought we could cover at least in this first episode here is what, what kind of direction do we want to take this podcast in and what are some, you know, either topic ideas or a general scope of what we want to discuss? 
man. Well, you know, we both, we, we kind of met each other through what I consider to be the, well, I mean, it's the maker community, right? And there's, there's kind of a divide between what I consider the woodworking community and the making community. Mm-hmm. And I hope that we can kind of bridge some of that, but yeah. Um, I just wanted, I mean, explore all kinds of ideas on, I mean, anything from specific projects to our experiences dealing with like market customers when we're trying to sell our work to our philosophy. Yeah. And you know, the awesome experiences, just meeting people when we, we travel to do events and stuff. Um, just, just, just all of that. Just I mean, want to talk about our journey doing this, you know, um, our, yeah, our experiences and thoughts as we go along and, and do this thing. Nothing too, I mean, too specific or too, uh, too narrow of a focus. I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Well, yeah. And, and when we spoke earlier, like one of the things that, that comes to mind for me is a little, like a little bit where we cross over where, um, Oh yeah. You know, you get, you guys were on the full on business side of the, like not, you know, not completely business, but you know what I mean? I mean, you got, this is how you're making your living. And, you know, I'm more of, I'm, you know, on the educational side, as far as in a wood shop. Um, but that's where we cross over a little bit is through mm-hmm. a little bit of education, um, putting yourself out there. Um, I also, I, the idea of self-reliance a little bit. And um, like I said, I've been inspired by you guys to, when I watch the things that you're doing where instead of going out and just throwing money at things where a lot of the times, which I think it is kind of a natural makers thing to get to of like, well, why would I pay for that when I can make it? So, you know, I think covering those subjects and topics and there's Mm -hmm. so many, there's so many good people in this community that, um, you know, inspire me in so many different ways. And, and that's fun, that's man. very true and it it continues to just surprise me all the time how many just awesome people that we, we keep meeting and i was just gonna say that like not even just um how it how it continues it's not like well i met these three or four people and now i'm done you know i mean it's just so many different things and and so many different ideas that we cover and talk about and i just think that uh i I do feel that we um, share um, what's the word, I guess, share an inspiration to pass along information of what we have, you know, of our experience. Right. And, what and we it, have. you know, in a perfect world, I would, I mean, I would just, you know, freely offer or like <laughs> in a barter system uh, for whatever, you know, knowledge I have that I can pass along. Um, people will write me all the time on Instagram asking a question about this or that or identifying wood uh, is a real common one. But there's a point where you got to spend some of your time making money, you know, oh, yeah. or you, yeah. you can't pay the bills. So, um, yeah, I, I wish I could just spend all, I mean, all my time just putting the information out there, but it, it's, 
and especially for me, I'm very non-technology uh, <laughs> gifted. So it just takes an inordinate amount of time for me to compose anything and get it out where people can access it. Even a simple Instagram post, it takes a, a ridiculous <laughs> amount of time for me to put together. Yeah. yeah. Katrina's laughing because she knows it's true. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 like I said, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And like I said, I think we just have a lot of crossover to um, where, where we're at and where we kind of want to go each individually, just, you know, even in our own lives. But, um, but it has been a lot of fun to meet all of these different people and, and see, you know, the different things. And, you know, I keep getting inspired by different things you know, I'll, I'll see a post on something that maybe I don't know a whole lot about and it just triggers something in there that it's like, well now, okay, now I want to know more about that. And so you just keep going. Yeah. I was just, I was talking to Katrina last night about how there's so much good stuff to be inspired by through, you know, YouTube, social media, but there's also, it's a double-edged sword because there's a lot of kind of fetishizing of and as a, I use the axe as an example, you know, for me as a woodworker, the axe is a working tool and it can be, it can be beautiful just, you know, visually or, or to hold it in your hand, but I'm seeing a lot of, um, it's just overly stylized and kind of, I, I call it fetishized. <laughs> um, that's, I mean, one small area of discussion is where is um, m you know, making things. Where is that going as a craft when you're you're kind of competing with the, that kind of stuff for attention, right? right. How are you yeah. going to get um, somebody to buy a working tool, or how are how are you going to get um, a gig teaching your craft somewhere when there's all this other you know hurricane of competing <laughs> stuff out there in everybody's face all the time. Right. And uh, I guess to kind of to play devil's advocate a little bit on that, <clears throat> I think that the the right people are going to find you, you know, and mm -hmm. I, you know, I think you've already succumbed to the idea that I think, you know, you're not going to get rich doing this, you know, right, yeah. this is and I think that is kind of a bit yeah. sometimes. <laughs> some people make the mistake of like, Oh, well, man, look at, look at all of these people. I mean, obviously we've, you know, been out to Jimmy's and uh, the first time I went out there, um, Derek Forrester was out there and he was telling me, he's like, you know, sometimes people come out here and they get, they either get disappointed or they get frustrated because they, you know, think that Jimmy just has all this money laying around and you know, it is, what is it? And, you know, and there's kind of like, the pinnacle of, of somebody who's made it in this, in the social media world. And, you know, he's doing, he's literally set the bar and, you know, but he's, it appears that way because he's doing what he wants to do, you know, and he's happy. Well, doing I, I would interject. I've heard Jimmy make a comment to this effect that he, he gets a little frustrated with people who assume he just uh, gets all this for all these opportunities for nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. And his response, which I totally approve of was, yeah, I just worked 80 hours a week for 30 years <laughs> and, you know, destroyed relationships and, and made insane sacrifices. You know, we can just completely ignore that fact. Right. As a, <laughs> as a, 
as a factor right. in how I got where I am now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's be <laughs> the, who, which, uh, which was it like Benjamin Franklin or Thomas Jefferson? I, it's a quote. I like that. I'm a firm believer in good luck. <laughs> and I find that the harder I work, the more it definitely <laughs> yes. applies. I think to Jimmy there. Oh yeah. Well, yeah I that guy never stops. I mean, he does not no. stop working. No, he doesn't. And, and I just think, uh, I've, and you know, I've, I don't know. I've been on Instagram for, um, a year and a half, maybe two, um, maybe two years now. And as I've gotten further into, you know, when I first kind of got on it, you know, like, Oh, this, this is cool. This is cool. This is cool. But as you go along and as I've kind of gotten to meet some of these people, I just find myself, the the people that I follow and the people that I interact with are the genuine people who are out there working and grinding. And if you're, you know, just looking to try and like cheat an algorithm, you know, figure out an algorithm and, and get that to work in your favor, if that's like your purpose, then I get turned off by that stuff pretty fast. And I just like meeting genuine people who are out here to help each other get better, you know, help the people around them. And, and, and yeah, I think you're right about that. If you yourself are a genuine person, then your, your kind of uh, radar for that quality in someone else picks up mm-hmm. on yeah. the, the disingenuous um, accounts where, you know, they're just trying to <laughs> grow their, uh, you know, their view, what do you call them? Viewers, followers yeah. to, uh, advance a a business or something correct and we're trying to stay in business but that's i mean that's a a side or a a, something of lesser importance as far as using instagram as a tool of outreach right for for us um find getting getting a sale or something here there isn't as important as just uh you know building the community and, and keeping the craft alive yeah exactly and so I, uh, one final thought I'll make here is that if you're listening to this podcast to figure out how to get more followers or <laughs> how to do well on social media, you're probably in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, I mean, and, you know, I wouldn't mind um, when we, once we kind of get settled in to, you know, even have, um, some people on and bring them on and just people talking about, you know, um, pursuing the craft and pursue, you know, um, the inspiration that they get from different places and different things. And, but I'm looking forward to it. And the other thing I wanted to ask you guys about is I, I, when we were talking earlier, uh, we tried this, you know, a few weeks ago and we, you got broken up on me. Now, I have a vote. I am one vote here on what I think we should name this podcast. And I think not it's your idea. This is your thing. But I think Obey the Grain podcast is perfect. But it's your thing. That's your guys' uh, uh, oh, mantra. Oh, we certainly don't own that phrase. So if <laughs> yeah, I think no, that, but... that pretty much uh, kind of encapsulates where we want to go with it so Mm -hmm. it sounds great no i i just fine with that and to me even you know 
when when I hear that, you know, it actually stirs up several things for me, like not even just like straight up talking about woodworking. But when I just think about as I've gotten older, I've kind of learned that a little bit of this is you got to go with the flow a little bit. You know, you can't just um, impose your will on everything and expect it to go your way. You know, there's that that type of attitude has a shelf life. And yeah, you got to roll with the punches. Absolutely. And that, and that, that attitude has a shelf life and, um, the things that you gain from it have a shelf life. So, you know, I think it's great. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and, but, uh, well, I don't know what you got. Is there anything else you guys want to cover today? Uh, no, no, nothing specific. We got, well, we got almost 40 minutes or so. So yeah. I'm not trying to meet any sort of uh, time quota here. If there are any other specific topics you want to get into, that's, that's cool. But yeah, no, I think this is good for the first one. And like I said, I mean, I, I think we have, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. And, and like I said, even if we have two followers or two listeners, (laughs) it's, I'm going to have fun talking to you guys on the phone. So, you know, having that conversation and it'll be a fun way to kind of keep in check and, uh, I was going to also throw out the way I would, I would kind of like to end our episodes, you know, a lot of podcasts do shout outs and stuff like that. I think it would be fun or a kind of a fun idea or a cool idea to maybe shout out, um, some good doers, you know, or maybe something towards a benefit or, you know, again, I'm, I'm not saying that we're going to have a lot of people following and listening, but for those that do, I think they're going to be interested in, you know, maybe bring us bringing some light to, um, you know, like either a charity or something like that that's going around. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we can think of one for our next one. So. Okay. Yeah. We have a big chalkboard. I don't know if you noticed that (laughs) when you were here, the idea chalkboard, because things will, if they're not immediately written down, they will just fly away. (laughs) See it again. (laughs) Yep, and I do, I carry a little notebook with me, so I write my stuff down. And I I have found years ago, and I I actually read this somewhere, but years ago I remember reading that um, we are so much more likely to remember things if we write them down instead of yeah, just typing true. them into your phone because mm-hmm. uh, it's the idea of when you're when you're typing it into your phone, like even on your notes thing. All you're doing, your thumb or finger is just touching buttons and moving around. There's no like hand eye um, coordination connection that you're making with drawing out or writing out a letter or a word. And so when you're writing it out and when you're when you're writing those letters out, you're actually imprinting the muscle memory into your brain a little bit. And it just you have to think about the word that you're writing. And so it just as someone I've always got a lot of stuff going on and I'm I feel like I'm 80 years old sometimes because I forget things so (laughs) so often and I just I really wears on Jackie most of the time but um when I uh forget stuff so easily I have found that it's a little bit easier for me to remember things when I'm writing them down 
Yeah, I'll, I'll also add that I'm a firm believer in that. In fact, when I was a teacher, I would catch a lot of flack from people because I actually forced my students to take to make a handwritten notebook <laughs> and to take hand notes. And I'll tell you, it was tedious because they don't know how to do that anymore. And yeah. I, I knew that if they just wrote, if they just wrote down everything I wrote on the board, they would be much better for it and they have that note and kids don't use textbooks anymore you have no reference yeah so that oh, became their textbook absolutely. yeah so yeah well if you guys are gotten everything out of your system that you wanted to say i think we can close it up for the day and yeah. we'll uh, come back we'll have to record episode two sometime soon Okay, well, we mostly make our own hours around here. <laughs> so um, when, you, when you have a little chunk of time, let us know mm -hmm. if there's a certain day of the week um, or time of day. Just, you know, yeah. just shout, let us know. Well, when, you know especially yeah, if you, if you a, a day in advance, if you can, if not, just. Yeah. yeah, with your wrestling schedule, it's right. gonna. We'll we'll, yeah, we'll try to work around. Will be scarce, but your uh, you got you got the little ones there, which dictates so much <laughs> of your non-working time. So right. now we uh, now that I'm getting into wrestling, my time's gonna close up. But um, you know, I think with your flexibility, uh, we'll be yeah. able to you know make it work. So yeah, we'll get together again soon. Okay, awesome. Cool. Sounds good. Thanks, Thank Justin. You. Yeah, thank you guys, and thanks to everybody who listened to this first episode of <laughs> the Obey the Grain podcast. So Woo! I am Justin Dietrich, and with I'm me, Tracy Chevron and Katrina Nellis. Awesome! You guys have a great Monday. Thanks. Bye.